If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Welcome to Locker Room Live here on Joy 99.7 FM. Uh, my name is Uriku Ampofo and it's an exciting Friday edition because after various uh, locker rooms that we've had in this period, building up to the big season, the big football season is finally here. And the curtain raiser between uh, Manchester City and Liverpool, which would be the FA Community Show, takes place tomorrow. And you know what that means uh, when the Community Shield comes around. That means that the football season is just around the corner. And our team's ready. Is your team ready? Uh, did they shop well in the transfer market? We'll be looking at that here on the locker room. Uh, finding out different perspectives from different fans across the globe. Uh, judging the readiness of teams as the new season kicks in. I uh, would we'll also be doing more than football. 
as we touch on Formula One, uh, there has been some really big stories coming in this week. So we'll be getting analysis uh, much later on that. And the Black Princesses are already on tour in Europe, uh, playing France in a friendly game today. They didn't go too well, uh, the team being butted by the French uh, U team. Uh, but what does that mean for the Black Princesses ahead of the Under-20 World Cup? Uh, we know that now the Foley uh, Note, who is uh, a CAF match commissioner and used to be a, f- a management committee member uh, of uh, the Black Queens. Uh, she said that the team were going for the third position. So what does this friendly result against France mean in that dynamic? Uh, does it change anything? I'll be trying to get more uh, details on that as well. And as you might have known by now, the Commonwealth Games is also ongoing with Team Ghana quite active today. Uh, we'll be getting you a wrap of the team's performances and then we'll also be touching on the community show that I mentioned earlier. So it's a packed show, extremely packed uh, locker room show here on Joy 99.7 FM. So you do want to stay with us. For all your sports news in the locker room. Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Hello, I'm Sarah Mulkerns, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the very best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online. This is the locker room on Joe 99.7 FM with George Ardu Jr. And so we'll be starting off with Formula One. Big, big news I did mention during the week because the sport would be missing a huge legend after he announced his retirement this week. I hereby announce my retirement from Formula One. Sebastian Vettel, if he holds this lap together, could absolutely smash the track record. Here at Hockenheim, Vettel crosses the line now, and it is pole position for Sebastian Vettel in front of his home fans. They're going wheel to wheel, somehow not touching, as they go round Woodcut and on towards Cox, where Alonso passed Vettel on the outside a few laps ago, and on the inside, Sebastian Vettel gets it done this time. No man wanted to yield, and in the end, for this fight, Fettel wins. Sebastian Fettel is coming at them as well. Perez tries to cut off Hamilton, oh! who locks up and goes straight on. Perez leads from Sebastian Fettel, and then comes Pierre Gasly. Sebastian Fettel moved teams. He picks up his first podium for Aston Martin, and their first podium in Formula One. So Sebastian Vettel would no longer be in Formula One from next season. Uh, well, the four-time world champion uh, has left some really lasting memories and we'll be getting uh, details of his impact on the sport as Raymond Yamadu stands by. But before we hear from Raymond, let's hear from the man of the moment, Sebastian Vettel. I hereby announce my retirement from Formula One by the end of the 2022 season. Probably I should start with a long list of people to thank now, but I feel it is more important to explain the reasons behind my decision. I love this sport. It has been central to my life since I can remember. But as much as there's life on track, there's my life off track too. Being a racing driver has never been my sole identity. I very much believe in identity by who we are and how we treat others rather than what we do. Who am I? I'm Sebastian. 
father of three children and husband to a wonderful woman. I am curious and easily fascinated by passionate or skilled people. I am obsessed with perfection. I am tolerant and feel we all have the same rights to live, no matter what we look like, where we come from and who we love. I love being outside and love nature and its wonders. I'm stubborn and impatient. I can be really annoying. I like to make people laugh. I like chocolate and the smell of fresh bread. My favorite color is blue. I believe in change and progress and that every little bit makes a difference. I am an optimist and I believe people are good. Next to racing, I have grown a family and I love being around them. I have grown other interests outside Formula One. My passion for racing and Formula One comes with lots of time spent away from them and takes a lot of energy. Committing to my passion the way I did and the way I think it is right does no longer go side by side with my wish to be a great father and husband. The energy it takes to become one with the car and the team to chase perfection takes focus and commitment. My goals have shifted from winning races and fighting for championships to seeing my children grow, passing on my values, helping them up when they fall, listening to them when they need me, not having to say goodbye, and most importantly, being able to learn from them and let them inspire me. Children are our future. Further, I feel there is so much to explore and learn about life and about myself. Speaking of the future, I feel we live in very decisive times and how we all shape these next years will determine our lives. My passion comes with certain aspects that I've learned to dislike. They might be solved in the future, but the will to apply that change has to grow much, much stronger and has to be leading to action today. Talk is not enough and we cannot afford to wait. There is no alternative. The race is underway. My best race? Still to come. I believe in moving forwards and moving on. Time is a one-way street and I want to go with the times. Looking back is only going to slow you down. I look forward to race down unknown tracks and I will be finding new challenges. The marks I left on track will stay until time and rain will wash them away. New ones will be put down. Tomorrow belongs to those shaping today. The next corner is in good hands as the new generation has already turned in. I believe there is still a race to win. Farewell and thanks for letting me share the track with you. I loved every bit of it. Sebastian Vettel says that he loved every bit of his Formula One experience, one that began in 2004, if I'm right. Uh, a legend of the sport. And joining us on the phone line is Raymond Yamadou, uh, who has been following Formula One, uh, maybe not since 2004, but for a long time for him to know about Sebastian Vettel. Uh, Raymond, my first question to you is, Vettel at age 35, would you say this announcement of his retirement came as a surprise to you or is one that you expected and saw coming? It came as a shock for all of us. I mean, you look at somebody like Vettel, it's not that noisy character. You won't hear too much of him. He just makes sure he gets the job done on the circuit. And so what we know about Vettel is that he signed a two-year contract with Aston Martin after leaving Ferrari. And you look at the fact that he's been one of the key contributors to what Aston Martin have been doing over the last few years. Um, you know, billionaire owner Lawrence Straw has a lot of confidence in him because of his wealth of experience from Ferrari and Red Bull. So he has been part of the kind of car Aston, Aston Martin have developed over the last few seasons. And you look at the fact that 
He's been a good mentor to Lance Straw on the circuit. Uh, you would have thought that Aston Mountain wanting to keep him for another year would actually give him the chance to uh, decide to stay on. But, I mean, um, the driver felt that despite the huge investment into their new car and despite the fact that they've been trying to close the gap on the top cars, you talk about Aston Martin being the eighth or ninth fastest car this season. And you also look at the fact that the upgrades they tried to bring on haven't really worked. The car still lacks space. You look at all that and say, well, it could take us some more years to catch up with the big boys. And so maybe time to call it a day. And I think that he's set the sport well. He's done exactly uh, what he's done. I mean, he's done his bit as far as the sport is concerned. And so buying out at this time and, you know, having time for his kids and all, it's another challenge for him to actually take on. And so it came as a shock, but I think that you look at the chances of him possibly becoming a world champion again or possibly getting back to the top of Formula One, it's definitely going to be quite a long road for him if he stays at Aston, Aston Martin. So a good time to call it quick, Oracle. Well, you speak of him admitting that he might probably never get uh, to the top uh, in terms of winning a world title, but... Do you somehow believe that this announcement, uh, with the season left to play still uh, in Formula One, do you see him? I, I think we might have lost uh, Raymond Yamadou uh, there, uh, but we're talking about uh, a legend in the game, that Sebastian uh, Vettel, uh, who announced his retirement earlier uh, this week uh, from Formula One, and uh, we're trying to measure his impact in the sport as well i think we have raymond back raymond yeah yeah so i was i was asking you do you foresee uh, something miraculous happening you know sometimes when you announce your retirement it gets pretty emotional uh, there is there, there are quote-unquote gods in in sport we have the football gods do you think the formula one gods could make something shine on vettel so he bows out in the highest possible way uh by you know maybe winning a couple of races well i think that um he was quite clear when he said uh, he's been thinking about this day i mean his retirement is since 2018 and i must admit that during his very very difficult time at ferrari it was one of those decisions that he had to make whether he was going to stay or whether he was going to leave Ferrari. And so once the opportunity, you know, didn't come after he left Ferrari in 2000, uh, 2020 and decided to join Aston Martin, he was actually hoping that the project that Aston Martin had would actually get him back to the top. I haven't seen that that also has failed. I think that for any driver who's won four championships, and really we don't have so many who have won four, and for any driver who feels that he may never get to the top again, I think that it will be very, very, very difficult. I don't think that he's going to join Red Bull again. I don't think he's going to join Ferrari again. I don't think he's going to join Mercedes anytime soon. And so, you know, if it's not cutting it at Aston Martin, then definitely uh, he has to go. And I don't think that there's any possibility of him coming back. I don't think that we are going to see Vettel on the circuit any, anymore. I don't think we're going to see him anymore. He thinks it's now time for him to spend time with his family. And so he's had this time. He's, he's, he's done his best for the sport. He, he has done his best for the sports, but let's look at it in relative terms. Uh, where does Vettel sit in the all-time greats, and what would you describe his impact as in Formula 1? Well, let's look at Vettel 
ever since he joined Formula One. So we are talking about 2006, 2007, uh, when he was driving for BMW Sober. Then he moved to Toro Rosso. Then his big break came at Red Bull. Now at Red Bull, uh, when he was dominating uh, between 2010 and 2013, he wasn't driving with um, drivers who you would say were rookies or drivers who were not competitive. Because there was Fernando Alonso at the time, there was Nico Hulkenberg, uh, there was Felipe Massa, there was Michael Schumacher who returned for Mercedes, there was Nico Rosberg, there was Robert Kubica, there was Jensen Button. This was quite a lineup. And even in that Red Bull Renault team, he had Max Weber to deal with. And so he had quite some cracked drivers when he was dominating the sport. And so clearly, um, he was one of those drivers who knew how to get things done. And even when he started his career, when he won his first race in the Italian Grand Prix, everybody started talking about him as the baby shoemaker or, you know, the baby shoemaker or the next shoemaker. That was how much he was valued in the sport at the time because of his craft on the circuit, his ability to win races uh, from nothing, his ability to come back. I think that he was one of those tough drivers on the circuit. And so I think that he left quite a huge legacy. And you also look at the fact that if you talk about drivers who have won 53 races, in Formula One, only Michael Schumacher and Lewis Hamilton can be talked about in the same equation. And so again, put himself in quite a top league. Having finished 122 times on the podium, that's quite a number. That's a lot of drivers on the circuit, you know, have a yet to achieve. And then you also talk about the fact that only Lewis Hamilton, Michael Schumacher, and then, you know, El Maestro, um, Juan Manuel Fangio in the early 50s, they are the only drivers who have won more than four championships. And so, clearly, he ranks up there. He ranks as one of the top drivers. And Ferrari going for Vettel at the time clearly tells you what they were thinking. Ferrari at the time were losing the dominance to Mercedes. And so, they went in for the man, uh, the, the, the man Vettel, to actually partner Kimi Raikkonen to make sure they actually go back to the top. And you could actually tell that it was almost a one-horse race between Mercedes and Ferrari each time uh, the season started when he joined Ferrari. It was almost co- it was always competitive with Mercedes and Ferrari. So I think that he set the time very well. And if you talk about what he brought to the sport, what he was able to do on the circuit, how he got people along, how he was able to even put pressure on uh, Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton and the likes. I think that if we are talking about experience, you are talking about championship belts, uh, championship titles, then we are possibly looking at him ranking possibly uh, in this era as the best as part of the best three you know if you talk about schumacher you talk about lewis hamilton you are possibly talking about vettel and i think that his championship wins and how he won them and how he delivered in that car for red bull clearly tells us that he would rank as the third behind michael schumacher lewis hamilton when, when we talk about this, this this current generation or this era that we will see in formula one straight to hybrid cars well, well said, uh, Raymond. Uh, let's focus on Hungary right now because that's where the next uh, Grand Prix is taking place. And so far, we've had practice session one and two. Uh, what have been your overall thoughts so far? Well, it's quite clear from what Ferrari are doing that they mean business this weekend. You know, practice one, we saw Carlos Sainz top, Verstappen uh, coming in second, and Leclerc coming in third. So, so it was a one, three, four team Ferrari. Then in practice two, we saw Leclerc and um, Sainz dominate. It clearly tells you that this is a circuit that favors the Ferrari chassis. And we are talking about the Hungarian ring, which is very twisty and bumpy. 
Now, you look at that circuit itself, and you look at the dynamics of that circuit, and it has a lot of long corners. Now, it has a lot of medium, slow-speed corners. And you talk about the straights that would be at the start, that's the, the early section. And then, you know, the long straight gets into the end where you can use your DRS. Those are the only straights on the circuit. And so, when we talk about the corners, you talk about a Ferrari car that is very good when it comes to turning on the corners. So, the cornering of that, 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 that Ferrari chassis or that Ferrari car is absolutely top-notch. They are the quickest when it comes to the corners. And it's very difficult to match them for peace. That is where Ferrari have the advantage. And so I'm not surprised you've seen them dominate in practice because when it comes to making sure they get they execute those corners very well, they seem to be top notch. And again, you talk about the fact that you have to set up your car for a lot more downforce this weekend. Clearly, you have Red Bull and Ferrari topping it when it comes to setting up their car for high downforce. They can definitely get it. But what would be the difference maker? is that Red Bull are very fast on the streets. And so in an event where they would have to deploy the DRS, they could be quicker than Ferrari. But overall, when it comes to the corners and how fast you are supposed to navigate those corners, whether it's a slow, medium, a slow corner or a medium corner, I think that Ferrari have the upper hand in this particular. And so it, it's looking good from what we've seen in practice. I won't be surprised if qualifying gives us the same and the race possibly gives us the same. Because what's actually going to happen this weekend is that whoever starts from pole position would have the upper hand to actually win the race. Because this is one circuit that makes overtaking very difficult because of the corners. And so it's, it's, it's going to be a very interesting weekend. Uh, we haven't spoken too much about Mercedes this weekend because this is going to be a very, very tricky uh, weekend for them. That's why the fact that Lewis Hamilton has won in Hungary on eight occasions, uh, definitely uh, they've had some improvements. We've seen them improve over the last few weeks. It's still going to be very, very difficult for them because this is going to be a very, very challenging circuit for, for Team Mercedes. So I think that from what we've seen in practice, if Ferrari are dominating, uh, it stands to reason that if they don't self-destruct this weekend, then they are in for podium finishes in, in Hungary. And to wrap up with you, Raymond, uh, you, you ended with podium finishes. Let me ask you that difficult question now, despite us not seeing qualifying yet. If I was to ask you to make that bold call of what you think the podium would look like, what, what would be your thoughts? Well, I think that every pundit in this job will go for a Ferrari win this weekend because um, this is a circuit that favors them. They are fast on circuits like this. And we are talking about so many corners, Ferrari should be able to execute. And we also talk about the fact that Charles Leclerc has self-destructed a couple of times. Um, ahead of this race, he's spoken about the fact that he's not going to chase his race strategy. He's still going to be aggressive on the circuit. And we also what happened in France uh, when he lost the lead uh, via a crash because of his aggressive nature. I think that we are going to see more of the same from Charles Leclerc. And we are going to see Carlos Sainz, who was very fast in France, but because he went for an extra fire in it, uh, he had to pay for he had to pay for it. He had to say, he had to take a great penalty. I think that no great penalty for science this weekend, and possibly we are expecting Charles Leclerc to be at his best and possibly not self-destruct. So if these two drivers are in top form, definitely you would expect a Ferrari one-two. Max Verstappen and his Red Bull team cannot be written off. Sergio Perez cannot be written off. But I think that um, looking at the nature of the circuit we are talking about and uh, looking at and um, what can happen on that circuit. Uh, you won't take anything away from any of these drivers. And interestingly, this will be the first time any of these drivers will be winning uh, in, in Hungary because Lewis Hamilton seems to have dominated in Hungary. And Sebastian Vettel has won twice there. No other driver has been able to win in Hungary. And so we are going to see um, a new driver win the 
Hungarian or the Hungary Grand Prix for the first time. And so it looks very much like Ferrari could win this one. And uh, Max Verstappen and Red Bull could come in could come in third. And I think that Mercedes uh, might be the third force. We are possibly looking at the fourth and fifth place finish because of the challenges that they would have to deal with on the circuit with their car. Well, thank you very much, Raymond. And uh, that would be it in terms of our Formula One coverage. Uh, we'll be definitely uh, bringing you updates on the race on Sunday uh, when Sports Arena comes your way live on Joy 99.7 FM from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. But from Formula One, we head straight to Birmingham for the Commonwealth Games. In the Commonwealth Games. beginning. Rogers has got a good start. Simbine going well. Blake's under massive pressure. Simbine becomes the Commonwealth champion. 10-0-3. Cometh the hour. Cometh the man. Garner being left behind but uh, in the back straight it's Ainsley War. There's a faller now. The Australians have gone. They've fallen and Asafa Pal brings home uh, Jamaica. South Africa gets silver. Canada get bronze. Mauritius have then come in and that was a Terrible, terrible situation for the Australians. It was Adam Miller to Matt Shervington. So the Commonwealth Games is officially underway. Uh, the opening ceremony took place yesterday with Team Ghana. It's some pretty beautiful outfit Kinti uh, designed uh, with the Ghana flag being hoisted as the team looked pretty energetic. Uh, team Ghana himself uh, itself has been pretty active in the Commonwealth Games today. Uh, we'll be bringing you a wrap of their performance pretty shortly. Uh, but it's now time to hear from some of the athletes and reps uh, who are in Birmingham uh, on what to expect from them. Uh, just an overall statistic for Team Ghana. The country ranked 12th among the 72 countries present uh, with when it comes to the most athletes at this year's Commonwealth Games. And so Ghana are very, very highly represented in Birmingham. Uh, but we'll be getting more details from the boxing team. But before we do that, let's touch on athletics because uh, if you did follow the World Athletic Championships which took place just a few days ago, uh, you would have realized that Team Ghana set a new national record after qualifying for the final and finishing fifth in that final. Uh, but Unfortunately, two members of the team, that's Joseph Menu and then Emmanuel Yaboa, would not be making the trip to Birmingham for the Commonwealth Games. Up steps Abdul Rashid uh, Samin, uh, who is a University of Ghana student. Now, he caught up with my colleague, Mishai Kweno, during the week on how he had the news that he would be in Birmingham to represent Ghana and what his expectations are. Abdul Rashid Saminu, who represented the University of Ghana at the Fasu Games, is one of two athletes who has been roped in to replace Joseph Menu and Emmanuel Yeboah, who are unable to make it to this year's Commonwealth Games. The University of Ghana sprinter was part of Legon's team, which won gold with a time of 39.38 seconds at this year's Fasu Games and also helped Ghana to a silver medal at the Invitational Relay in Nigeria. And now, He's eyeing contributing to Ghana's quest for a 4 by 100 meter relay medal or probably another national record at the Games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. That one, yeah. As we are here, that's our target. 
you just want do some of some of the Ghanaians they talk a lot they don't know about the local athletes they only know those up there but this we try and fix fixing like let's see how it's going to be because we, we are down there and they are up there though they, now they know better than us but when it comes to local uh, season two we are good in that so we are just putting much of uh, our efforts then let's see how we can break the record again in his first experience at an international athletics event Abdul Rashid won silver in the 100 meters finals at this year's FASU Games, running a personal best of 10.31 seconds. And he's hopeful he'll be given the chance to make a Commonwealth debut with the events. I'm hoping, we are hope, we are pushing to see whether we can run prelims, 100 meters prelims. If you qualify, you can go to his. Let's hope they, they give me the, the platform to, to show the best I can. Because as, uh, this one is not standard. They didn't put standard on it. Any, any of your athletes, I think four athletes can run for single race for your country. So I'm just hoping they give me one chance to to, 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 to show what I can do. And I know, I know, I know myself. <laughs> However, Samed is yet to receive confirmation from the Ghana Athletics Association on other events you'll be participating in as the GAA finalized preparations for the Games. Nonetheless, the track and field athlete is excited at the prospect of racing alongside Ghana's fastest man, Benjamin Azamati. I think they brought the first they brought first list out and I wasn't part. By my colleague was part uh, Isaac Bochu. I was happy for him. I pushed him all over. I was very happy. Then I traveled to Kumasi. So I was in Kumasi, uh, the GA, Mr. Bauer, CEO. The CEO called me that ah. What was your position in Fasu Games? I said I was second with uh, 10.31. Say, ah, wow. Then, oh, no, 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 we can't cheat you. We can't cheat you. You need to be part of like, uh, Team Ghana. I didn't believe it. So I I, 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 I just left. I left to uh, my high school to take my some details. So I came back. I wasn't online. I came back on my data and something flashed. Like Common World Ghana, Team Ghana, Common World Games platform. Ah, oh, I didn't believe it. <laughs> then I opened it. When I opened my, my this thing, wow, wow, wow. I just put the phone and I was crying. The 2022 Common World Games gets underway on Friday, July 28th, with Ghana making a 17th appearance at the events. Well, all we do is wish Abdul Rashid uh, Samin well. And that was a report put together by Joy Sports. Mishai Kweno, you're still live here on Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. We still stay on the Commonwealth Games, but we shift our attention from athletics to boxing. And speaking of these two disciplines, uh, let me just give you an interesting statistics. Now, Ghana have won 57 medals at the Commonwealth Games, including 15 gold with all but one of Ghana's medals coming in athletics and boxing. So it is clear that if we're going to win any medal at all, there is a very high probability that it would either come from the athletics or boxing discipline. And we do have uh, the PRO for the Ghana Boxing uh, Federation. That's Jojo, Charles Jojo Efson, uh, on the line with us. And uh, it's an honor to have you, Charles. Good evening. Uh, 
Yes, good evening, my brother. The line seems to be breaking. Okay, is, is it much better now, Charles? Yeah, I can see. Yeah, it's better. Okay. Um, Ghana took nine boxes uh, to the Commonwealth Games. Uh, can you sum up what the expectations are and what the country should be looking forward to? Well, thank you. Uh, to continue from where you just ended that, the Black Bombers, for that matter, the Ghana Amateur Boxing Federation, uh, you know, have that competitive edge over all the other sports when it comes to medal hall at the Commonwealth Games and the Olympic Games. Yeah, it's a fact. And the Black Bombers, regardless of uh, the few setbacks that, uh, you know, uh, we have today with uh, our female, only female boxer losing out, and then Shaku Samel also having problem with, with weight issue. Uh, Walid Omar Abudu have just qualified to the next stage of the competition. We still remain we still remain the lead medal prospect for Ghana at the Commonwealth Games. So, uh, it's not, it didn't start well, but we will bounce back with the remaining boxes at the Games to shape it up. And perhaps by Thursday, we should be winning our first medal, looking at the pairings that we have. Mm. Well, what makes you so confident? Can you, can you explain more? Well, we didn't have the best of... Yeah, we didn't have the best of operations. Hello? Yeah, I can hear you, Charles. Yeah, we didn't have the best of preparations, but with the experience coaching we have and then the efforts put in by the, by the Federation itself, and the parents that came out, came out um, on Thursday, that when, on Wednesday, uh, we have that confidence that we might return back to Ghana with at least three medals. We have some boxers who look very promising, and I can assure you, with all certainties, that by Thursday, Abraham Mensah, who drew by straight to the quarterfinals, is fighting the winner of a, 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 a Kenyan opponent and the Sri Lankan. So he win that, he just goes straight to the to the to the medals. That's the semi-finals. That's that's where my confidence arises from. Abu Dhabi Kuma, 2014 sole medalist for Ghana at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow, I just qualified to the next stage. Uh, we have Jesse Latte, who is also fighting an English opponent. So, my confidence level is so high, and uh, looking at the coaches around them, and the parents that I know we, we have, a lot of them have drawn, uh, you know, by... It's unfortunate that uh, Onela lost out to the English uh, lady just because, um, you know, she didn't have a team preparation with the Bombers. She's US-based, and we didn't have the fans to you know, get her down to join the team in Ghana here and prepare under the tutelage of a coach of Oya Sari. And all those chemistries, you know, affected her to the extent that uh, she started very well. Look at the the the, the, the uh, excerpts of the fight. You could see that she started very well. But at the stage, you know, she she lost, she, she lost out. And fighting against a, a native of a host country also comes its own challenges. So for now, we are down with two, but we still have a... Uh, seven more remain in the competition. Okay, to wrap up, uh, you've touched on Onela uh, Satud, who herself represented Ghana. Uh, she has an interesting story because she has a PhD in analytical chemistry. Now, uh, she faced Kerry, as you did mention, uh, of England, who qualified uh, ahead of Ghana's Onela. Uh, but I think Onela was the only female representative that Ghana took, if I'm not wrong. Uh, 
is there is there an explanation to that? Why why are we not seeing a lot more female boxers? Well, the slot we had, we are giving nine slot. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, Charles. Yes, uh, the slot we had is nine, and you look at it, uh, female boxing in Ghana is more of a, uh, of, a no- of a novelty. Onela is based in the state. She has been into many competitions. She has trained under many uh, coaches. She's in a club. And most of, our, most of our ladies here, are you hearing me well? Yeah, I can hear you, Charles. Yeah, most of, most of our, our, ladies, our ladies here are still at the formative stage of, uh, of, uh, of, of boxing. So um, we look at uh, the comparative and the competitive, competitive you know, advantage that uh, we have. We decided to, to give more slot to, 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 the, to the males. So we had eight males, and Onela made history today as the first Ghanaian to appear at the, at the first Ghanaian female lady, female, sorry, to appear at the Commonwealth Games. Unfortunately, she lost out, but she didn't degrade herself anyway. Mm. Thank you very much, Charles, uh, for joining us. Uh, Charles Jodrasson, uh, he is the PRO uh, for the Ghana Boxing Federation, and he spoke concerning the nine boxers. Uh, who have been sent to represent the country at the Commonwealth Games. And it's now time to do some football. Uh, there's a lot to digest in terms of the transfer window and preseason. For all your sports news in the locker room. Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Hello, I'm Sarah Mulkerns, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the very best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online. This is the locker room on Joy ninety nine point seven FM with George Adu Junior. We're still live on the locker room on Joy ninety nine point seven FM, and it's now time to talk about football and specifically club transfer activity. Uh, we'll later be uh, zooming into the FA Community Shield, which is usually the curtain raiser for the new season. Manchester City play against Liverpool, not at the traditional Wembley Stadium like you're accustomed to, but at the Kimpar Stadium at Leicester because uh, the women's Euros would be concluding this weekend and so they'll be using the Wembley Stadium and the Kimpar Stadium was chosen because Leicester are currently the holders of the FA Community Shield. If you remember, they beat Manchester City last season. But let's talk about transfers now and we start off with FC Barcelona who surprisingly have been very, very active in the market. Uh, this week alone uh, has had deduced that he's referring to himself playing with no, the club. No, Messi plays on Sunday. I think he was referring to us. <laughs> 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 so that's Koku's answer. But Justice, what do you think? Ronaldo coming back to your team, would you make him start uh, your first Premier League game? Uh, to start, I doubt. Because um, we all should have My team has had a very good precision and you cannot just slot somebody in because he is Ronaldo. I mean, we respect him very much. He still has a pedigree. He's still among the most prolific 
goal scorers you can get, but we just brought him in into the team with the sort things. And I don't think that the coach will do that. I'm not sure. Well, let's still stay with my United. Uh, you've signed Malasia, you've signed uh, Ericsson, uh, you've signed Lissandro Martinez. Do you think you need another player? And what areas do you think my United should be looking to strengthen before the end of the transfer window? Yeah, um, it's quite obvious. We still need an addition up front. Um, I mean, before the season was started, we were not very optimistic with Ronaldo. And we know the news that has been surrounding his departure um, and his team and all that. If there is anywhere we should be looking at and forcing, it should be an attack. And we'll be glad as fans if we could get uh, another player in attack, specifically in the center for the role. I've been reading news about um, a boy, Sesco, and I think it shows glimpses of being very good to our attack. If we could add him to our setup, we should be glad. But also, um, if we cannot get that over the line in this particular transfer window. And we hope that Ronaldo should be staying. I think we can do with these boys. Because already we have we have a team that is looking like they can't compete. Yeah. Uh, and I think we can give them the goal. Yeah. If we cannot land the center for us. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, just to wrap up with you, Justin, and just uh, 10 seconds. Who do you think would be winning the community show between Man City and Liverpool oh, tomorrow? Man City tomorrow. Okay. Yes, Manchester City. Interesting. Uh, aren't you a United fan? Shouldn't you be? You're wishing your rivals well. Or Liverpool yeah. to your rivals. It's a tough time, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, somebody would be, I have somewhat a uh, Manchester Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Bye-bye, but if you are comparing the two teams that will be coming out to play tomorrow, I still think they are very ready to win the match yeah. because Liverpool have somewhat been inconsistent. And Manchester are just going in with a flow that tomorrow they should just beat Liverpool to their surface. All right. Thank you very much. Justice Avonu for joining us on Locker Room. Uh, on the... FA Community Show, which takes place tomorrow, Saturday. Uh, Liagen Klopp announced that Diego Jota is out due to injury. Alisson is also out. Uh, there's no color, so it's likely Adrian will be in post. Uh, Pep Guardiola also says that Laporte is out for injury. Uh, he's out due to injury and would not be featuring up until September. Uh, quite quickly, in 10 seconds for both of you, Joel and Kweku, where do you see the Community Show going? City, easily. 
no doubt. <laughs> I don't think anyone is stopping that Haaland in front. Well, it, it looks, if you're a Liverpool fan listening tonight, uh, it, it doesn't sound too good. But it's football and anything could definitely happen. Uh, that's how we'll be wrapping up uh, today's edition of Locker Room. Quite packed show where we looked at uh, athletics, we looked at the Commonwealth Games, and then we looked at Formula One and your club transfer. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.